Hello, this is Justin Hollander. Welcome to the December 2016 episode of Cognitive Urbanism. Happy to share some time with you and talk about some of uh, the research that I've been working on that um, I think you'd be interested in. I had the um, a pleasure of traveling down to Florence, South Carolina a couple weeks back and folks who invited me had uh, said that they thought it would be really fun if I could talk a little bit about a paper that I just published with Jennifer Quinn in a journal called Community Development. And the nature of the article uh, was something that he thought would be really interesting to his students. So when I, when I, pre when I traveled down there and presented, I got a, a real visceral reaction. So I thought that might be a nice topic to share with you guys on this podcast. So the paper that we published is called More Than Noise, Employing Hip-Hop Music to Inform Community Development Practice. So this was uh, research that her and I did many years ago and just took a little while to, to come out. But we're, we're interested in a, really a, a larger kind of question that I care about in doing research in cities, which is about how do we understand what people care about? There's a really awful history in city planning development around really powerful people deciding what is best for people. And that, that history, unfortunately, is, is uh, still goes on today, um, though there's a lot more uh, sensitivity around, around it. But the fundamental you know, question is around how do we tap into local knowledge? How do we figure out what people care about when we use public resources to design cities, uh, in fact, uh, development, uh, to shape infrastructure. And this paper is uh, one avenue by which I've been uh, asking that question. If you've listened to some of my other podcasts, you know that I've been interested to what extent brain science and psychology can offer input into that uh, that question and also had this new book that just came out, Urban Social Listening. And here I'm interested to what extent we can use social media data to get that insight. So I've, I've been actually exploring these questions for quite some time. And this paper really was an, a chance to, to use a very different data source, hip-hop music. So my, my colleague Jennifer and I had uh, been really thinking about how hip-hop music uh, had um, become such a, a prevalent mu musical genre, um, growing from, from essentially just a real niche um, a, a scene to, to something that, that, that really today you know, continues to, to dominate most of the popular music charts. So what, what insights might we be able to get from this music to shape uh, community development and planning and, and urban practice? It's so easy just to say, oh, it's just music. What, what do we know about it? What is that going to give us? But the thing about hip-hop is it's, it tends to be very personal. 
um, as opposed to a lot of top 40. It's it's not just about kind of love and, and relationships. Uh, quite a lot of hip-hop really deals with the kind of problems that uh, people living in urban America, particularly uh, black and uh, Hispanic communities in low-income neighborhoods face. There's often a very strong political bent to hip-hop music. And it's uh, at its rawest form, it's it's really a, it's a type of poetry. You know, I'm actually reminded about how Bob Dylan was uh, uh, given the Nobel Prize in Literature, which was um, a bit of a big deal. And uh, the Nobel Committee had felt that, well, songwriting is a form of literature. And so hip-hop music, likewise, is a form of literature. It's a form of poetry. And it helps us understand the human condition. But it does more than that. It can actually help professionals working to change and shape cities to better understand the the problems and the people and and even possibly the solutions that those people uh, are are thinking about. So I'd encourage you to uh, read the paper I posted, but I just wanted to kind of just quickly tell you a little bit about it. You know, what we were trying to do was was, uh, get both the kind of popular hip-hop songs and we used the Billboard Billboard, uh, publication lists of of top songs for that. But we also uh, were able to call a list of songs that from artists that were kind of known for particularly uh, political and personal narratives, maybe not quite so popular, but but still very, um, very meaningful and impactful music. So two samples of music, and we combine them together. Uh, so it's about a hundred songs, and really look closely at the types of actors that people talked about. Um, the uh, and in this in the case of the, this the music that you know we look through, uh, some of the more uh, prevalent actors that were talked about were uh, family members were. Um, religious figures, God, Jesus, um, um, friends, police. Uh, we also looked at places. We wanted to see, you know, where were people talking about, like what kinds of places were they interested in. And in the streets was one church, city, housing projects, prison. These were all the kind of places that they talked about. Um, and then we really kind of focus on really the heart of it is this idea of well, what were the problems? What did they care about? They cared about death, drugs, education, injustice, materialism. They talked about race religions, unemployment, violence. And so just by counting the number of times each each uh, problem mentioned is, is not really that doesn't really tell us that much. It's it's that um it's that listing them together and kind of seeing how they kind of function tells us a story about this kind of larger discourse of, of, of hip-hop music over the, over the course of the, the three decades that we were studying. So the last uh, element that, that we were looking for in this music, kind of trying to draw out keywords, was solutions. Especially myself, as an urban planner, I'm looking for solutions. I mean, like, you know, it's one thing to say there's... There's violence and and poverty, and it's like, all right, well, how are we going to fix it? Well, one of the most interesting things that came from this research was 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 there was quite little in terms of solutions. I mean, there are a few like jokes and and um, kind of uh, uh, 
references to solutions that were really tongue in cheek, but but the only real solution that was mentioned repeatedly and in and in a um, meaningful way was hope. The the reference to having hope was the way that you can solve your problems. I mean, it was really powerful. I reminded of a police chief in Chicago after a, a really awful shooting said when talking about a, the, the shooter saying this is a guy he he left the house carrying a gun I mean like like what kind of person does that that this is this is the kind of person who has no hope so a lot of these hip-hop artists really see hope as the answer that's how if you can have hope then you can ch- start to change your life around you can start to believe in yourself and you can start invest invest in yourself invest in your neighborhood invest in your your friends so there so there's something there i mean i'm i'm not sure it's so easy to just turn it into a new uh, act of congress or a regulation but but there's certainly something there and so back to florence south carolina and talking to this classroom and uh, francis marion university students really were uh, were moved by by what i talked about which doesn't always happen <laughs> i could talk from personal experience um but they wanted to know, like, how can we use this? What is this going to do to change the world? And you know, I didn't have a lot of answers. I did tell them I'd do a podcast, so here I am doing it. But um, this is something that has to get into the hands of community development professionals and urban planners and other, other people on the streets who are working to solve these problems. And, and, and they can use it, this kind of approach. This idea of content analysis that uses this approach to understand what people are, the music that people are listening to in their community. I'm thinking about the example of a, you know, a person who maybe close to the program I teach in at Tufts. They get their masters. They're really, you know, well educated, you know, really excited, passionate about making a difference in cities. They go to a new city. They get this job, maybe working doing some community development. But maybe just spend a couple afternoons in the youth center in this community. Pay attention to the songs that they're listening to. Maybe even write them down and do do a method like the one we described. You know, you get a, a hundred songs or so together. I believe that that person is going to have a much better idea about this community that they're new, that they're new to. This kind of systematic analysis of the music that people listen to. That's that's a way in. Now, of course, they could also do interviews or focus groups or, or just try to befriend the people, uh, the, the, the kids in the youth group. But, um, and I'm not saying they shouldn't do that, but this is something else. This is something that gives you that kind of big picture, big picture view. So definitely, you know, check out my website. You can find a link to, the, to this article. Um, well, not a direct link, but a reference to it. Uh, again, I'll tell you the title. It's More Than Noise, Employing Hip-Hop Music to Inform community development practice in the journal called community development and that actually just came out just uh, about a month or so ago so uh, love to hear your feedback love to hear your thoughts about this podcast or if you read the article uh, what you think about that and uh, look forward to staying in touch and uh, we'll do this again sometime soon have a great one